I've entitled this message, Lead, Follow, or Get Out of the Way. And uh, it's something I think uh, each one of us needs to come to a point tonight where we understand and realize that we need to make one of those three choices. Either we need to begin to lead, we need to follow those that are leading, or just plain get out the way and let those that are going to do the work do the work and quit hindering the work of the church throughout this nation. So let's stand together, if you would. Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 21, and I'll begin reading at verse number 19, if you will read along silently with me. Ammon was twenty and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haraz of Jotba. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his father Manasseh did. And he walked in all the way that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served, and worshipped them. And he forsook the Lord God of his fathers, and walked not in the way of the Lord. And the servants of Ammon conspired against him, and slew the king in his own house. And all the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon which he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And he was buried in his sepulcher in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son reigned in his stead. Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. And Lord, I ask tonight as we gather in this place that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and would teach us and instruct us. We thank you and praise you for the teacher that we have, the Holy Spirit, who always guides us and leads us into righteousness. And tonight I pray that we would all join together in this place and serve you and praise you and worship your name. And we would learn tonight from the books that we will study, and the message that we will hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord as his father did. Uh, These are words that we see repeatedly throughout the book of 2 Kings and the book of Chronicles. As the father, so went the son. There's an old adage in life that goes, the acorn never falls far from the oak tree. And this, of course, implies that we, more often than not, will be like our father, or in the case of a girl, perhaps like her mother. This is a scary thought at times, but a true one. Uh, Today, I often see my father in myself. When I was younger, I always said, I'll never be like Dad. But now, when I look in the mirror, I see the graying hair, which looks just like my father's. I have the same temperament my father had, uh, the same habits my father had. And, and I, I stand here tonight and see my father in myself. We see this so often in our society today. Abusive fathers often produce abusive children. Drinking, drugs, uh, all these things, these behaviors often reproduce themselves in our children. 
The decisions we make will influence our children and their decisions. Subsequently, the behaviors we exhibit will also be repeated quite often by our children. In the scriptures we read just a moment ago, we see Ammon, son of Manasseh. Ammon did evil in the sight of God, as his father, as did his father Manasseh. But then Ammon died, and we see that he was betrayed and, 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 and killed by, by his own people. He died, and we see his son Josiah come on the scene. Josiah was to be the 16th king of Judah. His great-grandfather, Hezekiah, was a good king. But Josiah did not look to the example of his father, Ammon, nor his grandfather. In fact, Scripture says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left hand. Josiah, it would seem, looked beyond the examples of his most immediate ancestors, and went back to his roots, back to his heritage. David was Josiah's great-grandfather, 18 generations removed. Yet Josiah went all the way back to the start to determine how he would live his life. Today, in our Baptist circles, we see men, brethren, that have forsaken what our Baptist forefathers once believed. They have taken the short look and have corrupted themselves with a skewed doctrine. They have forsaken the way of our forefathers and have polluted their doctrine with those of the Arminian. Now tonight, you and I must decide who we will follow. Will we take the short look and follow this corrupted generation of Baptists? Or will we go back to our roots and follow the the doctrine of our heritage? Two great men in Scripture once put God's people to this challenge. The first one was Joshua. In Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15, we read, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what Joshua was saying? Lead, follow, or get out of the way. I think of another great man who put God's people to this same challenge. His name was Elijah. In 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21, we read, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. These men had seen their nations betray and corrupt their relationship with the Lord. And they stood and challenged the people to make a choice. Lead, follow, 
or get out of the way. I cannot help but believe that Josiah must have heard the stories of these great men. He must have heard the folklore of his great-grandfather, King David. He must have looked past the corruption of his day and the compromise of his father. He must have chosen in his heart to follow the Lord with all his heart, all his mind, and all his spirit. King David, we see, gave wise counsel to his son Solomon. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and verse 9, we read, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. And this counsel is applicable to us tonight as well. We are to know the Lord our God, and we are to seek to do his will in our lives. Now with the time that I have tonight, I would like to share some observations from the life of Josiah. The things that Josiah led his people to do. The things I believe that we as parents need to lead our children to do. The thing that we as citizens in this community need to lead our community to do. Some things we need to do. We need to lead. And if we won't lead, then we need to follow those that will. And if we won't do that, then we need to get out of the way and, and let the Lord do his work. First thing I want to mention tonight is Josiah led his people to return to a holy walk. Turn with me in the scriptures, if you will, to 2 Kings chapter 22. We're already at, number, at chapter 21. Just look at chapter 22 and look at verse number 1 and 2, if you would. Josiah, we read, was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name, Jedida, the daughter of Adela of Boscath, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in all the way of David his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Notice those words. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12, Paul writes, Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe, as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom in glory." Paul understood the importance of being a living example. He did not just talk about living right. He led the way. And so did Josiah. Now, Josiah certainly had examples of wickedness to draw from. His own father, for example. And as king, Josiah could do as he would and had to answer to no man. Josiah could do whatever he wanted to do. Yet he chose to do right in the sight of God. He chose to do the right things. 
as did Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19, Paul writes, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. Paul had no, no obligation to anyone, yet Paul chose to take his life and make it a living example for all those that God would bring into his life. And such is the responsibility of every one of us tonight. We, by virtue of the grace given us by God, are not under the law, yet we are under a greater responsibility. We are under grace. We don't do right because we have to do right. We do right because we can. We do right by the grace of God, through the blood of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not condemned under the law. We are now empowered under grace, empowered to walk in holiness. Before salvation, we could not do right, even when we wanted to do right. Paul mentioned that in Scripture. The good that I would, he said, I do not. And the things that I would not do, those I do. Why? Because our flesh is wicked and evil. And we don't like to admit that. People don't like to admit that their flesh and their heart and their minds are wicked. But they are. And were it not for the grace of God, we could not do right. So we're not in church tonight because we have to be. We're in church tonight because we can be. We're in church tonight because the blood of Christ made it possible for us to be. We sit here tonight and we praise the name of God, not because we're trying to do it so that we earn heaven. We sit here tonight and praise the name of God because we're going to heaven, because He saved us and He empowered us to do right. Josiah didn't have to do right. He was the king. He could do whatever he wanted to do. But he chose to walk in the ways of his father David. He chose to walk worthy of the Lord. And though he may not have realized it, he led many of God's children into doing right as well. We are to be examples unto our brethren, unto our children. Tonight, I ask each of us as God's children, choose to do right in the sight of the Lord. Not because we have to, but rather because we have been given the grace to do so. Josiah led his people to return to a holy walk. But then secondly tonight, I would like us to notice that Josiah led his people into a regard for the word of God. Again, in 2 Kings chapter 22, if you'll look with me at verses 8 through 11. And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan the scribe came to the king, and brought the king word again, and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house, and have delivered it, into the hand of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. 
And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. Josiah is now 18 years old. At this time, he turns his attention to the temple, to the house of the Lord. The temple of the Lord had fallen into great despair. Jewish history tells us that the temple had not been repaired from the days of Jehoash. This equates to a period of somewhere between 218 to 224 years. The house of the Lord had been in disrepair. Now, we do not know exactly how long the law had been misplaced by God's children, but misplaced it was. And I have to wonder tonight how many of God's children have misplaced His Word. How many of us have Bibles in our homes, yet they never get read? The pages are never open to study and to to, to dig and, and, and dig deep into God's Word that the Holy Spirit might speak to you and teach us. We've misplaced the Bible often. The disrepair of the temple and the neglect of God's words are undeniably connected. And this is one of the biggest issues that we face in our nation today. The Bible is absent from our schools. The Bible is absent from our government agencies, our courtrooms, and in too many cases, our homes. I'm not surprised that Josiah developed a desire to repair the temple. For you see, when we begin to walk in holiness, we will gain a love for righteousness. And when we gain a love for righteousness, we experience a desire for fellowship with God. And when we desire When we experience a desire for fellowship with God, we draw near to the house of God. And when we draw near to the house of God, we develop a passion for the Word of God. Josiah walked in righteousness, which which created a a desire for fellowship in his heart with God. And as that fellowship grew, his heart was drawn back to that place where he could meet with God, which is the temple. And when he found the temple in disrepair, he set about to do something about it. And when Josiah returned to the temple, he found God's word. And when Josiah heard God's words, he was convicted in his heart. For we read a moment ago in verse 11, And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And that doesn't mean he went down to men's warehouse and rented a new wardrobe. That means in humiliation before God, he humbled himself before his Lord. Such is the case today. So often I'll see a visitor come to our church services and sit in the pews and I'll observe them. And someone will give them a Bible or they'll, they'll have a copy of the scriptures and they'll, the pastor will have them stand as we read and and, and I watch when they sit down, they can't get their eyes off of the Bible. And often for half the service, they're just reading. You know, there's something about the Word of God. There's something powerful about the words in this book. And Josiah, in his heart, 
found the Word of God, and when he began to read those words, it moved him in his heart. And he determined and set about to have the proper regard for the Word of God, the proper respect for God's Word. You know, I'm so often appalled at television today, mocking the Word of God, making fun of spiritual things. There's programming out there where the, where the preacher, a, a preacher is mocked or ridiculed or Bible is quoted and, 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 and things are said in jest. These are the words of God. And we must have a regard for that word. Today, far too many people do not regard the Bible as God's word. They treat it like it's a pretty good book. It's got a lot of good things in it, they'll say. But they deny that it is the true Word of God. But far too many disregard the Bible as the infallible Word of God. Yet you and I, we know better. We know what God's Word is. God's Word, first of all, is truth. In John chapter 17 and verse 17, we read, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. All truth emanates from God. Apart from God, there is no truth. And anything in this world that is true is founded in this book. God's word, secondly, is life. In John chapter 5 and verse 39, we read, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. If you receive an email from the pastor below his signature line, you'll see that scripture. God's word is life. Without the word of God, we could have no faith. And without faith, we'd have no eternal life. God's word, thirdly, is sure. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18, we read, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. God's word is sure. There are some that would say, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. But can I state this doctrinally correct for you tonight? This is the way it really goes. God said it, that settles it. doesn't matter whether I believe it or not. If God said it, that's it. Scriptures, in, in the Scriptures, God say, is God a man that he should lie? Have I not said, and shall it not be done? Thy word will not return unto me void. When God speaks, it's not a maybe, it's it's an absolute. And God's word, we know today, is infallible. We must have the proper regard for the word of God. It must be the only and final authority in our life. This book is what we govern our lives, by which we govern our lives. It's not not the best authority, it's the only authority. Matter of fact, if the government in Ronan Park passes a law that violates the Bible, I will break that law. But I will not break the law of God. I will not violate the principles of the Word of God. We're to obey God rather than men. And this book is not just... A book. 
teenagers. This book are the very words of your God and must be, must be regarded and esteemed as such. So, we see that Josiah led his people to return to a holy walk. He led them to have a regard for the word of God. But then thirdly, I want us to see that he led them to a removal of the world. Look with me at 2 Kings chapter 23, if you would, please. 2 Kings chapter 23. Now, this entire chapter is all about Josiah cleaning up the kingdom. And we don't have time to read every single verse. But Josiah, let me say, really cleaned house. How many of you do spring cleaning every year? Raise your hand. You do spring cleaning. I hate spring cleaning. They ought to call it spring mess up because that's what it is. Do you ever clean? Why do you, make, why do you have to make such a big mess to clean things up? It's, it's unbelievable. Now, my idea of cleaning and my wife's idea of cleaning are two different things. I, I figure this way. If something's been in my closet for a year and I haven't needed it, I'm never going to need it again. So let's just throw it away. But not her. Everything has to be taken out, looked at. Its value has to be rated. And then it, you decide whether you keep it or don't keep it. I, I, you know, when her and my daughter go off on little outings, I, I clean the closet. And she comes home and says, oh, what happened to everything in the closet? Well, let me just say that there's a lot of goodwill in those things. But Josiah, Josiah really cleaned the house in his, in his kingdom. He cleaned out the temple of all the vessels of Baal. Look at, look at chapter 23 and verse 4. And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring forth out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels that were made for Baal and for the grove and for all the host of heaven. And he burned them without Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried the ashes of them unto Bethel. He, removed, he cleaned the temple of all the vessels of Baal. He got everything out of, the, out of the house of God that didn't belong there. And let me say, across America, it's time some churches do some cleaning out. Because our churches have a lot of garbage in them that don't belong in the house of the Lord. And we've got to get it clean. But then he removed all the priests of Baal. Look at verse 5. And he put down the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense in the high places, in the cities of Judah, and in the places round about Jerusalem. Them also that burned incense unto Baal, to the sun, and to the moon, and to the planets, and to all the hosts of heaven. He got all those those wicked priests out of there. Across our nation today, men are preaching tolerance. Tolerance. And before too many more years, churches that preach against Islam, churches that preach against homosexuality, before too many more years, are, are going to lose their tax, uh, their, their nonprofit status, and are going to be run right out of business. He cleaned the house of God of those things. He got them out of there. He cast out all the idols from Jerusalem. Look at verse 6. And he brought out the grove from the house of the Lord without Jerusalem under the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook Kidron and stamped it into it small to powder and cast the powder thereon 
thereof upon the graves of the children of the people. He, he destroyed, he cast out all the idols from Jerusalem. He, he destroyed all the false, um, all the abominations from their cities. Look at verse 7. And he broke down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove. And he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba and break down the high places of the gates that were in the entering in of the gate of, of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on a man's left hand at the gate of the city. He, he destroyed the abominations from their cities. Josiah went and, and, and he, listen, he kicked all the homosexuals out. He broke down their houses. He didn't, he didn't tolerate them. He didn't, he didn't, you know, this commercial running around uh, on, on, up, on Proposition 8 or, or, or whatever it is. It's not right to deny peoples of their rights. Oh, well, I'm sorry. My Bible says it is. Amen? They say it doesn't matter what you believe on marriage. You're right. It doesn't matter what I believe on marriage. It matters what God believes on marriage. That's what matters. And, and we need to get our, our opinions off ourselves and start putting them back on the Lord. And Joshua, or Josiah, he, he destroyed all these abominations. He destroyed all false worship in the entire kingdom. I don't have time to read it. Verses 8 through 19, you can read it later. He went throughout the kingdom and he destroyed all of the false worship that was found in his kingdom. He slew all the priests of Baal. Look at chapter 23 and verse 20. Let's look together at verse number 20. And he slew all the priests of the high places that were there upon the altars and burned men's bones upon them and returned to Jerusalem. Josiah cleaned house. Josiah, as a young boy, walked, looked at the examples of his, of his, of his forefathers. He didn't take the short look and look at the example of his wicked father or his wicked grandfather. He, looked, he went back 18 generations and looked unto David and said, that's the way I'm going to live my life. That's the way I'm going to serve my Lord. And he, he, he returned to the house of the Lord and, and he, he, he went there to repair the house of God and he found the word of God. And when he found the word of God, he was convicted in his heart. And as the Lord convicted him in his heart, he began to clean up his kingdom. Unfortunately, too many of God's children today have not been as thorough as Josiah in cleaning out our temples. We've held on to some of our idols, money, entertainment. We've left some of the groves standing. And this incomplete removal of the world has given the devil opportunities to trip us up. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27, we read, Neither give place to the devil. Listen, the devil is a master at destroying Christians. He's been succeeding since the Garden of Eden. And you will be no different than any of the others if you don't clean house. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Peter admonishes us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Do you know what I fear the most tonight? 
The thing that scares me the most tonight is not that I will fall into the snares of the devil. And I'm not being boastful as Peter and saying, though all men forsake you, I will never forsake you. I'm not saying I'm beyond falling, but I'm saying that doesn't really, that's really not what I'm most afraid of tonight. The thing that I fear the most tonight is that my children will fall prey to the devil. That's the thing that scares me the most tonight. And in so doing, that my grandchildren will fall into that same snare. This is why I must completely remove the world from my life. I dare not leave one stone unturned. I am reminded of the admonition of Nehemiah to the people of God. In Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14, we read, And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. Nehemiah said, don't be afraid of the world. Don't be afraid of those that hate us. Fight for these things. I work with teenagers every day. I see young people that have such potential, but yet are wasting their life. And they're wasting their life because they, they, in, their, in their private lives, they, they have the, they're just, the world has just moved into their homes. And I talk to some of their parents and I say, you know, you've got you to do some things here to help your child have a chance. You know, teen, you realize teenagers don't have a chance if, if parents don't get involved in their life and start cleaning some things out of the way. These young people don't have a prayer. They're great kids. I love every one of them. But they don't have a hope in the world unless we fight for them. The devil's going to chew them up like a little baby lamb and spit them out. But he's got to go through me first. And if, he's, if one of these are your children, he should have to go through you first. As a matter of fact, whether they're your children or not, as members of this church, each one of us should stand for our brothers and sisters and say, not on my watch. Oh, Josiah said, oh, this is not going to cut it. Josiah said, we're getting rid of everything. We're cleaning house. You know, I, I don't imagine Josiah was the most popular king that ever lived. I don't imagine he was. But I'll, I will tell you this. He led his nation. He led. I recall the great declaration of David as he stood before his enemies. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 29, And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? As he stood and looked down at the giant Goliath, every, every other man in the nation, cowering in fear behind the rocks, and the little shepherd boy David stood up and said, Is there not a cause? And I'm, telling, I'm, I'm here tonight uh, to ask all of us, Is there not a cause? for us to wake up and to realize what's happening all around us? Is there not a reason for us to remove all worldliness from our life? For your children and your grandchildren, for your family, for your friends, and for your brother's sake. Josiah led his people. He led them into a holy walk. He led them to have a regard for the Word of God. He led them to remove the world from their lives. 
And then lastly tonight, he led them in a restoration of worship. 2 Kings chapter 23. Let's look at it together. Verses 21 through 23. And the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of this covenant. Surely there was not holden such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor in all the days of the king of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah, but in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem. I want you to notice with me. After he walked in holiness, after he returned to and held a high regard for the word of God, after he had completely removed the world from his kingdom, then, then was Josiah and his people able to restore their worship to God. Did you notice the words that we just read? Surely there was not holden such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor in all the days of the king of Israel, nor of the kings of Judah, but in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem. It had been some time since such worship had been offered unto God. From the days of Joshua unto this day, there had not been such a Passover offered unto God. Approximately 417 years since God had been worshipped as He was on that day. And I must wonder tonight, how long has it been since God has seen such worship offered unto Him in our generations? I fear far too many professing Christians are playing church today. I fear that worship is no longer aimed at pleasing God. Today, across this globe, worship is aimed at pleasing the flesh. The music, the preaching, the fellowship, all have digressed into a fleshly, lustful, and blasphemous frenzy. Today, across this nation, sex, lies, thieveries, all are done in the name of the gospel. And this, too, was foretold by the Lord. In Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, we read, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of, and through covetousness, shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Today, this, our society is filled with pulpits who are doing nothing more than making merchandise of the people of God, lying, stealing, leading people to, to give so they can further their own coffers, all in the name of the gospel. And I dare say that the God of heaven is disgusted by it. Oh, I tell you, Josiah led his people into a pure and sincere worship of God. Josiah was the real deal. I would love to have met Josiah. 
He's one of the men, by the way. When, when I get to heaven, there are a few men I really want to meet, and Josiah is one of them. Perhaps he was one of the greatest believers to ever live. Think about all he did. He was perhaps one of the greatest, if we can call him that, one of the greatest men to ever live. At no time do we see that he ever forsook his faith or his commitment to God. I praise the Lord for Berean Baptist Church. I really do. I, I think we have a great church. We have a great pastor. I love, I love Pastor Smith, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here. There are so many things we have to be thankful for tonight, but I tell you what, we had better watch out. We had better watch out. Because our adversary is pretty good at what he does. So now I want to ask us all tonight a few questions and then I'll close. Are we walking in holiness in the sight of God? Or are we just walking in holiness in the sight of men and in private, living out all of our lusts? Are we walking in holiness in the sight of God? Secondly, do we cherish God's word as we should? Do we take time every day to meditate upon, read, study, and share with our family the word of God? Have we purged our life of all that is of this world? Or do we have some things we just, we just want to hold on to? They're just little things, God. Just little bitty sins. And, and nobody will ever know I'm doing them. Yeah, but God knows. And he's the only one that matters. Is our worship pleasing unto God? If you can answer yes to all these questions, then praise the Lord and you lead. You lead. If you can't answer yes to all of these questions, but you can answer yes to some of them, then you get behind those who are leading and you follow. But if you can't answer yes to any of these questions tonight, don't take this wrong. Get out of the way. Quit playing church. Get right with God. Get saved and get busy. Let's pray. Our Father, we praise your holy name. Lord, I thank you for Josiah and the great example that he is to all of us. As a young child, he, he did the right things. He, he led his nation. He didn't just talk about getting right. He, he led the way in getting right. And Father, tonight I pray that you would strengthen us and that for the sake of our homes and our marriages and our children, that you would cause each of us in this church to stand up and lead the way in all these things. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that will be done. For it's all unto your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.